Hey guys, what's up? Thanks for listening in to Heart on the Mic, brought to you by The Exchange Project. This is Ness, and I'm here with my co-host Nats today. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, we're happy you're listening in. Um, and what we like to do is just talk about what's been going on, how have things been for you this week, <laughs> or two weeks actually, since we skipped since the recording we s- last week. Yeah, we did. Um, not much, I mean... It's a busy week, like always, motherhood and doing things with the kids. So that's like one thing that never changes is me being busy with them. But um, the cool thing we did, which is a little bit different on Saturday, since the rain finally cleared up, I told the kids, um, hey, like, let's get up, let's get out of the house. And they were kind of like fighting me on it <laughs> at first because I kind of slept in for a bit and then brian came and got me and he's like hey i'm hungry like get up and feed me (laughs) (laughs) so i was just like ah to be honest i really didn't have much to cook in my refrigerator anyway so i was like oh let's go out and like have breakfast and they were like no we don't want to go out i was like come on i promise like it's gonna be fun so we got up we went to this like little cafe and I actually took them there because they had been wanting crepes. Because when we went to Mexico, they had their first crepe. Oh, really? Yeah. And they were like, we want that thing that had Nutella in it. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I remembered. And um, I remember that that's what they wanted. And I remembered this little cafe sold crepes there. So I was like, okay, like I'll go check it out. I had been there before, but never, like I don't really care for it. It's like mm-hmm. a, a little cafe. Um, but anyway, like the crepes? Yeah, they ate all of it. Um, We did that, and then I told them we were going on an adventure, so I took them on a little hike. Oh, how cute. And it was cool because I got to reminisce. It was at this, um, like, park where Brian used to take me when we were dating. Mm. (laughs) And I really hadn't been there in, like, forever, actually. So um, it was nice to go out there. So was it a nice trail or whatever yeah it's like a park you uh you park and it's like a little park but then there's like this trail that leads up it's like stairs and it leads up to this like view it's so pretty and there's just like this one bench at the end of the trail so are you keeping the name of the park a secret you know (laughs) dm dm me and i'll let you guys know (laughs) so if you like a hike yeah, she has a good one for it's you. It's a secret, it's very secret spot. I'm gonna DM you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean it's in Irvine. I'm sure a lot of people know it. It's called um, oh here goes my R's, me rolling my R's, Chaparral Park. <laughs> it's probably not it was, even that. <laughs> it's okay. Just Google Turtle Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, anyways, we were there. And it was just so nice to be there. It was bittersweet. We had told me, Brian and I had told each other, like, let's take the kids out there someday. And we never got to do it together. So it was nice to take them out. And then, yeah, we did. We got up to the top to where the viewpoint is. And then there's kind of like another hike, which is like like a steep like little mountain or hill or whatever you want to call it. So we got up there and... 
It was cool. Like, they were just so excited, and the kids are being so adventurous. And then we just kind of did, like, the rest of the trail, and they, like, never wanted to stop. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we got to go back now. Like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, like, bring nice it adventure. in. adventure. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my sa- our Saturday was, like, so packed with, like, stuff. So we did that. Then they were hungry again. So I took them. They wanted Froyo, but I, I, I don't know. For some reason, we didn't end up finding a Froyo place. So... Um, the place where we were at has a color me mine. Do you know what color me mine is? It's like you go and you pick like a little ceramic thing and you pay like um, to paint it. Mm-hmm. So you pay for the item and then you pay like for materials basically. And you can paint it like whatever you want. So I picked something, the kids picked something, and we spent like an hour just painting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And we've done it like three times already. We did it with Brian one time, and then I've taken them another time. So, yeah, this was like the third time doing it, I think, but they love it. So as much as they didn't want to do anything, it was a weekend all about spending time with them. Yeah, so we did that. They got smoothies. They were just like all around happy, and they were like, this is the best Saturday ever. So it's just like, yes, mission accomplished. Went home and... I think we watched a movie. Or I don't even remember. Like, I was so tired at that point. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was my weekend. If I could just sum up, like, the highlights, that would be it. And our photo shoot. But we can yes, talk about that well, later. Definitely. That was a highlight <laughs> after the fact. Uh, I went to the Scam and Jam on Saturday. Did you? <laughs> I thought you might have gone. So, so shout okay, out Tell to, me all about it. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to um, Mujer Sola. She is a new lifestyle blog that is launching. So I went as her wing woman and mm. just supported her in fitting clips and just getting comfortable and going out and doing what she wants to do and bringing her vision to life. Yeah. Out of my comfort zone, I always go with family or my husband to events and stuff like that. So yeah. never with a friend and it was just us two by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I was... Like, getting nervous and stuff like that. But once I was there, I was like, hey, what kind of shots do you want to get? And she yeah. was like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about this. So I'm glad we went yeah. um, and just had that experience together and really just supporting someone else and pursuing their desire and their dream. Like, yeah. this made me be 100% yes about going with her. Um, but I got to say, they know how to throw an event. Nothing but good music. Like, yeah packed but not too packed to where you're like grossed out people are so close to you cute photo booth two different rooms two completely totally different vibes vibes i guess you can say but nevertheless good music and i would most definitely go again so i can't wait until her little clip goes out i feel bad because i moved the camera a lot so i'm like oh my god i suck at helping with this (laughs) but i was just embarrassed because i had the flash on Oh, okay. But she reached out to Lala, and Lala said, like, oh, it's fine. You guys can come bring your camera in and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I was like, I wish there was a badge so people would know I'm just not being a weirdo. But right. Talk about going out of your comfort zone. And then the next day we had the photo shoot. So it was a lot less, I guess, awkward as the first one since we, like, had our first one together. And we, mm-hmm. like, just knew each other's comfort level and stuff yeah. like that. Um But I'm glad last week, too, that we decided to push our episode out and not record because we had such a good conversation. Yeah, we had such a good So we have a lot of information, actually. Yeah. Things that we've decided on and stuff like that. So I'm excited. 
for those details yeah. as well, which we can circle back to that once we wrap up. Um, what other detail was there? Oh, I got a job today. <laughs> the never-ending job story. Yeah, so job number 25 probably. <laughs> Literally, I should count all my jobs up. Okay. All the times you've mentioned a job in all yes. our episodes. Oh my gosh, we should do a poll on Instagram to That'd see if everyone so can funny. guess how many jobs I've held since my first beginning. job in high school. Oh my god. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, that'd be so funny. Yeah, seriously, it's probably like, well, I'm not even going to put my guess out there because people are going to guess <laughs> in that range. So I'm excited though. I was telling my husband that this is the first step into the direction that I want to go mm-hmm. because I have seven years of customer service experience. Yeah. Um, but this is more on the human services side. Mm-hmm. So I'm most definitely excited. Mm-hmm. Have to clear my background check and my fingerprints and stuff. Yeah. So um, to be further announced, but I got offered the position. Very <laughs> cool. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah. I got offered a position too. What? I mean, it's not paid or anything. Oh, yes. Yeah. So what you were talking about on Saturday? <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, I got offered to network um, through Color Conference that's coming up in April. Through? um, Through Hillsong Church. Yeah, and so we have our yearly women's conference that comes up, and it's in L.A. And basically, I would have volunteered to be a host, which is awesome in itself. I did it last year, and I met so many great people, and it was just like... It was just great doing it. Like, it's such a good experience. Um, But so this time I'll be doing something a little bit different, which is networking. And I still don't know what it's all about, but I'll be hosting um, people who are coming in internationally um, to to be a part of the conference. So that's going to be cool. And then basically I got myself a free ticket to get into the conference. I mean, volunteering, you get that. But free is always good. I think... um, through networking since it's a different side of um, working the conference I actually get to sit in which is something I didn't get to do a lot of last year so I'm excited to be able to do that that's yeah. good yeah well since you gave more information I guess I was pretty brief about my job yeah no tell <laughs> us tell us um so it's at a shelter for youth in foster care specifically teen moms so I'll be working with them and the kids and basically in a nutshell a goal is for me to be a mentor so to model my attitude and stuff like that so of course it's not easy because these girls are coming out of the system Mm -hmm. coming from neglect abuse and um, sometimes even human trafficking so um, it's going to be a job that I have my work cut out for me already and the director already told me that a few times but yeah um dude I think you're the per- like perfect person for this <laughs> honestly I know that God has me yeah, in this I, funky season yeah. for a reason and I haven't really been applying anywhere so I only it's applied perfect. at two places and the other place I applied at People will probably think it's weird, but I applied at the cemetery. <laughs> oh my god, no, you didn't. I did. I did thought you I could really, like, handle like it. counsel people or well, like just the process part and stuff, oh, okay. getting the process started. So, oh, with the eleven plus funerals the past two years, I was like, I have enough compassion for it. Yeah, but hey, this one came through, so the cemetery yeah. wasn't meant for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. That is crazy. Well, good things happening for both of us. That's yes, exciting. I'm yeah. 
and all these things that we are like planning and it's just all falling into place so that's exciting and we're finally like oh it's just finally starting i feel like after we talk about things <laughs> it finally starts to feel comfortable all over again because you don't have like all these other things in the back of your mind that you're like that to-do list yeah. you know well plus we've had such our lives are everybody's lives are crazy and that doesn't yeah. exclude us so sometimes we have things going on like you had the kids coming in asking about homework so sometimes I feel bad and I'm just like oh my gosh I don't want to flood yeah. her with questions she has her kids to like tend to but yeah most definitely a very great conversation last week so sorry guys that your episode is pushed out a week but yeah you won't it's just you're gonna reap the it's benefit it's just the madness that yeah that comes with wanting to build a brand wanting to build a podcast and like being consistent it's like in your mind you just have this like perfect idea that everything's just gonna flow and like reality is like life like oh the intern's gonna do that what intern (laughs) yeah so exactly so i mean you just gotta roll with the punches and that's basically if we ever have like issues with pushing out an episode it's because we're just struggling with like life time management yeah but i mean nonetheless we're here trying yes. to be as consistent as, as possible. possible and we have been. and as honest the second out of eight episodes which to me sounds good yeah being pushed out a week late um but with all that being said <laughs> in spirit of our conversation last week and all that talk We really want to make sure we give you, our listeners, a chance to know a bit more about ourselves. So this week is a little different. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be interviewing my co-host, Nad. So she's going to be in the hot seat. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) I'm so ready. (laughs) All right. This is what we were made for. Yes. (laughs) So the conversation today is going to be about Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anxiety. Anxiety, right? yeah. All right. Let's so talk about it. My question for you then would be is when did you feel the onset? Um, so I think my first like realization of what anxiety was wasn't necessarily when Brian passed away. Um, it kind of like was more around my early teenage years, uh, mostly like when everything was happening with my parents being divorced and, um, me like having to deal with my dad leaving the house and just like that rebellious phase that I was going through. Um, it was really when, I mean, I didn't know how to put, like to put a name to it. I didn't know to call it anxiety, but thinking back that's what it was so I would like throw these like tantrums like just these crazy tantrums of like fits of crying for no reason and um, Brian would be like why are you acting crazy like it's your dad like la 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 and I just didn't know how to explain it I'd just be Mm. like you don't understand how I feel that's like the most common thing I remember saying is you don't understand how I feel like I'm not exaggerating like these are my feelings but they weren't validated because it just looked like I was coming from a crazy place um so that's kind of when I first um like if if I look back when I first think about 
um, dealing with issues of anxiety. So they weren't processed, you know, properly by how people would want you to process them. Yeah. You know, people expect you when you have anxiety to say I have anxiety, but in reality, it's just yeah. like I didn't. You know. don't know how to explain it or identify yeah. it. Yeah, and I was like, I was like. 15 16 at the time and you know my mom had for the longest time told me like let's go to counseling let's get you like help because obviously we were going through this like transition of not having our dad at home and this had happened like years before but still like it affects you yeah I do and like it just stays with you so me obviously like not thinking in my right mind and just being the teenager that I was back then I refused to get counseling. I didn't think I needed it. I just thought it was dumb. So obviously I didn't get the help or else somebody could have easily told me like, you're dealing with depression and anxiety, but that wasn't the case. So then that kind of turned into, um, that kind of stayed with me. Those those kinds of like tantrums that I was having, which were panic attacks later on. Mm you know, ended up finding out that I was having anxiety attacks and panic attacks. Um, But then I remember one time also, Brian and I had like got in a fight. And this is like, (laughs) when you're a teenager, and you're like, Oh, this is the love of my life. Like, but I love him. Like, I can't live without him. So it was one of those things where I think like, I, I maybe thought we were like, breaking up with each other. And it was the end of my world. And literally, like, I would cry and cry and cry. And my mom was like, estás deprimida. Like, you're depressed. Like, look at what this boy's doing to you. And, like, I never in my mind, like, I thought it was love. Like, I just love him, you know. But, like, the things that we would go through obviously made me sad. So then, um, yeah, that's kind of when I started, like, thinking about things. Like, when my mom pointed something out, um, And because she would tell me like, oh, you're not eating or like you don't look healthy. And it was just, um, you know, like I've mentioned before, like Brian would go to jail and I would stick with him. I I would stay by his side, obviously, but staying by somebody's side that goes to jail also does have an effect on you. You know, whether you if you no matter how much you love them, it's going to take a toll on you. So, yes, I was starting to feel the effects of of just being in that relationship that's that you are in when somebody goes to jail and you're just left alone, you know? Um, so here I, um, so I had anxiety like about that. I had my dad issues. Um, and that's kind of when, yeah, like I first started noticing stuff like that. But at least you had, even though you didn't, you took it lightly, at least your mom was aware because sometimes People have parents or support systems around them that aren't aware mm-hmm. of the signs or what it is. And they literally just think that they're being rude or a jerk or weird yeah. or whatever the word they can put on it. And at least your mom was able to help you have that little bit of processing there to realize or have that possibility like, hey, maybe it is this or maybe yeah. it is that. Yeah. So did you ever decide to go any further after that like in your adulthood or whatever to do seek counseling or um further identifying with your panic attacks and anxiety like when were you able to realize 
to process when you were about to have a panic attack. Yeah. Are you able to do that now? Yeah, now I am. Now, like, I totally know my symptoms. And even though I know the symptoms, sometimes it's harder to, sometimes it's hard to, um, you know, kind of keep them under control. And then sometimes it is easy. But when it came to that, um, I mean, yeah, there was a point where, you know, like the panic attacks kept coming and I really didn't know how to deal with them anymore. Um, I remember one time my dad telling me like, um, Iha, like go see a doctor, go see a doctor about this. Like this isn't good. So I did, I went and saw the doctor and I just told her how I felt. And she's like, what do you, do you think like this is depression? And I, I admitted to her that I did think it was depression that I was going through. Um, and this is like a few years later. So that like I mentioned, that was like around 15 years old um, when I first started like noticing those behaviors. But then maybe around like, mm, like 20 years old. 20 21 like in my 20s I was still having those panic attacks and like the depression was still there it was kind of like a lingering thing like I was okay and then I wasn't you know like but you just don't really pay much attention to it until my dad said like hey go to a doctor and I did um I did go to a doctor because I wasn't sleeping I remember there was a time where I would just lay in bed for hours and hours, like all night, just not being able to sleep. And it was this anxiety that just kept me up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it, and I don't even know what was the root of it, but it got to that point. So when I went to the doctor, she prescribed me, um, she put me on sleeping pills and she put me on lorazepam, which is like an antidepressant, mm-hmm. I think, or an anti-anxiety medicine and I started taking I at one point I was medicating for anxiety I don't know if I ever told you this um but that was my first introduction into how to control it so which isn't really good at all because instead of having like a coping mechanism it was like here take these pills you're gonna sleep okay and you're gonna feel maybe a little bit better or it's just going to make you sleep through it, which is what started happening to me. So you were just medicating and not coping. Yeah, exactly. And my symptoms were just this uneasy feeling of like, for me, it's like, you know, the fight or flight feeling that they talk about. So um, I always felt like I had to take flight. And I would tell Brian, I remember one time I was having a panic attack and I could feel my whole body just tingling and I could feel like this <gasps> rush of like blood or energy or something like in my arms and my legs in every single like place of my body. And I told him, get me out of this house, like keep an eye on me. Don't let me go anywhere because I'm going to run like I'm going to leave. Like, so get me out of this house. And he took me and he's like, okay, let's go. Like, we'll go walk somewhere. And um, we did, like, we went to the mall, I think. And that was, like, the first time I actually, like, paid attention to what was happening to me. And another time, same thing, same feeling. I want. I felt like I wanted to run off. 
and this time it was worse i was crying i was like begging him to hold me down because i like wanted to take off running um and it's just this like crazy feeling that you you feel like you have no control over yourself or at least that's your my symptom because i know it's different for everybody um but that's how I felt like I just felt like I was out of like losing control of my own body mm -hmm. um, like disconnected like my mind and my body and like I just completely disconnect um, so another time that other time that I'm telling you I had to t ask him to hold me down and I, I had to go to the hospital and they put me on morphine to like calm me down or they put me on something they gave me like a sedative wow so at that point he was aware of your anxiety attacks so he yeah. was that concerned he took you to the hospital yeah yeah so wow support system is everything <laughs> yeah because he could have he could have responded negatively right and been like what the heck is your problem like calm down mm -hmm. control yourself well that's but he thing. understood that you were going through it and you mm -hmm. reached out and he said you know what i'm going i'm going to make sure you're taken care of yeah and you need those types of people yeah by Be your side well because he kind of saw it progress with me you mm -hmm. know he saw the beginning of it and where he was kind of like in denial about it and thought i was just being childish and throwing these tantrums about my parents splitting up he didn't understand that because yeah. he grew up with his parents already split up so he was like yeah. why are you like you're 16 years old you're grown up like why are you throwing these tantrums at your dad kind of thing he didn't get it but he did see the effects to the to the point of me crying and like just being so desperate like desperate for somebody to understand like my pain mm -hmm. so he saw that and then it progressed into what it was which is like whenever we had relationship problems I would panic because I would think he's gonna leave me he's gonna mm -hmm. leave me and then I would have these panic attacks and then he'd be like okay no like I'm not gonna leave you like relax you know so he did he did play a big part later on in helping me cope with that um, but yeah so speaking of just medicating and not coping how did you learn a coping mechanism or what was your coping mechanism that you resonated with? Um, or is it just different stuff depending on the season? Yeah, so one thing it was I already had Brian. I had baby Brian. Baby Brian. And the times where I would medicate, I just... I just didn't like it because I knew I had to be there for him and they just it made you want to sleep in so depression is kind of like that too but it was like my anxiety was higher than my depression I didn't really think I had a depression at that time um, or at least it wasn't like a huge thing it wasn't at the peak but taking the medication for the anxiety was giving me depression, depression. symptoms because mm -hmm. then all I wanted to do was like lay in bed or I was taking this medication to calm my anxiety down but then it was just making me down um so I noticed the, the those symptoms and I was like you know what like I don't I don't want to be on medication um so I started looking for natural ways um which is where I found out about like melatonin and I started taking 
melatonin which is like naturally produced in the body so it's like kind of a supplement that helps you go to sleep but it's not like full-on chemical medication yeah um i started taking sleeping teas and like chamomile and just coming up with a bedtime routine stuff like that but um yeah i just I knew that I didn't want to be dependent on medication. And I I remember I told myself I'm not I'm not gonna take this anymore. <laughs> it's funny. Um at that time, now that I remember, that was the one and only time I ever got prescribed anything for. Mm-hmm. And um and that was the first time I had encountered or had been told you have anxiety, you have depression. This, this from the time I got diagnosed to the time I told myself that I wanted to get better, it was like a three or four month period. And I had to make the pills last <laughs> that long because I was going through it. Yeah. Like I was having like panic attacks so often. Um, but I remember there was one pill left and I told myself, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to take it unless I absolutely, like, I'm losing my mind and, like, need it. And I never took that pill. I, like, never, ever took it. Kudos to you. Yeah. Like, years later, I think I remember even moving into our house on Broadway, and I still had it. And I would look at it. And I would, like, have panic attacks sometimes. And I, I would say, like, oh, I still have that pill. Like, just in, it was, like, my safety (laughs) Your safety net. Yeah, but I would tell myself, like, don't get to the point to where you have to take that pill. Like, you got this. Um, And that was that. Like, uh, within time, like, thankfully, I got better. I learned how to deal with it Um, just by, like, reading stuff because, I don't know, there wasn't really much help coming from the doctors. or It was, like, that assurance, right? Knowing that you are not crazy or you're not just throwing a tantrum or yeah. that you're not the only one that has these moments where you can't control your body. Yeah. I know that you and I even talked one time, and I think we were supposed to be meeting that day or whatever, and you told me that you just had a, a burst where you're just like, I just have to go. Like, mm-hmm. I have to go. Like, yeah. I'm calling you right now because this is happening, and... We were able to like talk through it together or I think it already happened and I was just like, it's okay. Like, yeah, it's okay to, to do that, to have, you know, what people say these days, an episode or a moment or whatever it may be, because then again, there's that guilt or whatever it may be like, oh, I wasn't able to control it. It overcame me. Like, who cares? Yeah. You're able to identify that it happened and to grow from that. So yeah, even I give you props or even reaching out and calling about it and being like hey this just happened and I'm telling you because I need somebody to know and literally I think that's how the conversation went yeah um but circling back to motherhood and you mentioning that you were going through those things when you had your firstborn how did your thought process or the situation shift becoming a mom with anxiety um and in the beginning it made me really sad like I would cry a lot I would cry that I was going through that because I didn't understand why or where it was coming from. It might have just been that I was overwhelmed because I was going through so much with Brian at that time. Like, um, it was a time where he was going through addiction. I was trying to hold on to my relationship. Um, Trying to be a mom. Trying to be a mom, and I was a new mom. And so maybe I did have a lot on my plate at that time. 
and then to throw that on top and tell me that I'm I have anxiety and depression it was just like it made me really sad um so with the kids you know with Brian being little Brian being in the picture I just kind of told myself like there's so much on my plate that this is just like one less thing that I want to deal with um but it was really just talking to myself and talking myself through it um and that's one thing that I learned you know with having these anxiety these panic attacks is kind of like learning the symptoms and being aware of what you're feeling and your thoughts because it can it happens so quick that it's literally like in 10 seconds you can just be having a full-on panic attack if you don't know how to control the symptoms the window's so small yeah it really is like i said it's like fight or flight you know like you either sit there and fight it and like acknowledge what you're feeling and like breathe (laughs) through it like i remember just sitting in my office like randomly at work and then having to like stand up and start like doing this like stretching and like moving my arms because I could feel it coming and like literally shaking it off like because I felt like that would help me or something because I could feel this rush like coming through me that wanted me to take off but I'd like start breathing and like crying and like shaking my arms and like shaking my legs and like doing push-ups, like just doing the most to like fight this feeling. And I probably looked crazy to Brian and my dad cause I would do this in the office and they'd be like, what's wrong? Are you okay? I'd be like, I'm having an anxiety attack. And they'd be like, why? I'm like, I don't know. So that's another good thing to touch on is the workplace yeah because it's they come whenever it's no joke like Like, anxiety doesn't have a place or a time mm -mm. you know so you have been fortunate enough to be an employee of your dad's company um imagine if you were in a workplace that you didn't have that flexibility like what would your advice be to somebody in those situations yeah i would say for sure confide in hr um you know if you're able to go away to the restroom and then do that and like I would just have these like I would just start breathing like just taking deep breaths that's what I would do I would count I would like shake my arms off just to like get that feeling or like um like I said I would start doing push-ups or like squats or like random things so I've heard that it helps like to count whatever it is that like you like count papers or I don't know whatever it is that you can get your hands on to like start counting or do like I said do like some kind of exercise that's gonna like slow that adrenaline that's going through your body like slow that down so take take advantage of that legal 10 minute break that you have (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure yeah, or just go, go out in the parking lot and yell at the top of your lungs because that's how I felt sometimes too, <laughs> to be honest. Or if you need a 15, just tie your supervisor, you need an extra five minutes. Yeah. You have, you have a call with yourself coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know, it's hard. I know it's different for everybody, but it's yeah. definitely manageable and it's something that see the thing with anxiety is is you think worst case scenario your Mm -hmm. mind is just racing and it goes to the worst place the worst possible feeling and you have to like kind of just 
tap back into your brain. It's like an out-of-body experience. So yeah. you like literally have to force yourself to come back and your thoughts are racing and you just have to tell yourself, like, come back, come back, come, like, calm down, talk to yourself. Um, and yeah, like, just tell yourself that everything's going to be okay because it's really like, it's, you have the power to control it. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't let it control you. You, you've got this <laughs> yeah the closest I've ever got to an anxiety attack is just getting my wisdom teeth out <laughs> and the medicine just hit me bad yeah so I really don't know <laughs> I can't relate yeah but one thing is that I can empathize because I do know people that do suffer with anxiety whether it's the flight or fight or flight mm-hmm. that you've talked about that they go through yeah or have gone through um, the sleepless nights uh, the crippling from anxiety of literally just not able to move bo- the body at all yeah. and just go through a, you shut down know, like a sh- like a mini stroke or something like yeah. as ex- as extra as it sounds that's what happens like your body just gets crippled and you can't go forward um, blackouts self medicating and these aren't just things I'm saying at the top of my head I can put a name to each thing I'm saying because mm-hmm. I know people that have gone through it and yeah. Those are all different sides of it. It's just knowing how to pinpoint it and and having somebody, because I do know that all those people do have somebody to tell, like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm about to have, you know, an anxiety attack, a a mini episode's coming, like, you need to drive me or you need to make sure I don't run or you need to do this and you need, and yeah, not, you're not always going to have someone Mm -hmm. at your side at the moment, but yeah. It's always a call away or like you said, the processing of it too. It's yeah. just knowing how to identify it and yeah. being okay with identifying it and know that knowing that it's not abnormal or you're the only person that is experiencing it and stuff like that because I'm sure that's just a whole different process of just having the label, you know, that yeah. they say you're dealing with this or with that too. So yeah. that's my two cents on it. I most definitely do have a... A desire to learn more about the mental health field and stuff like that it's good to know too because you know you know it's good to know somebody who does have anxiety because then you can learn how to help others you know like I have a lot of friends who tell me they have anxiety and um, now I self-declared after Brian passed away because I had so after Brian passed away I, I had a few episodes um one where i actually disappeared for a night for a night because i i took flight i left my kids home alone and for a whole week i didn't eat i didn't sleep i was sick to my stomach um without getting too much into detail my anxiety was to the point where my mom find found me hiding underneath the car just dirty and scared and cold yeah at night alone in an alley (laughs) like that's how crazy my anxiety was that at that moment I just felt so helpless that I just ran and um that was the worst (laughs) the worst anxiety attack I ever had and that was kind of the one that shook you it shook me to the point where I said after after processing and going through it and because you can't just say like 
you can't just get over it from one day to another, especially when it, you get an attack like that. Um, and when I say that this was the worst one, literally, I ran so hard that th that my body was tired for a whole week. Mm. I was exhausted. I had no strength in my arms, no strength in my legs. I don't know how I ran so fast and I mm. ran so hard and I exhausted my body to the point where I literally couldn't walk. Yeah. I literally couldn't walk and I didn't want to see anybody and I remember I like hid and I didn't see my kids for a whole week. I remember. Um, it was just crazy. But after I analyzed myself and after all that I went through because of that. It's been a year, right? It's been a year. Because it was the week before one of the kids birthdays and I think it was before yeah Ryan. before Mia's birthday yeah okay my mom I remember her clearly telling me you gotta speak life to yourself she's like you gotta find something inside of you that's gonna bring you back she said come back to yourself mm -hmm. she said this you can't live like this she said I know your pain is big I had just lost Brian. <laughs> she just said, find something in yourself that that you think is worth living for. Because I wanted to die, <laughs> to be honest. And I, uh, I never had felt so much like leaving this earth. It's hard to say that. Because I've never, I've never thought about like suicide or anything, but I remember that feeling of just like not wanting to be here anymore, like not wanting to feel the pain, not wanting to exist. <sighs> yeah, and um, when my mom told me that, I said she's right, and she said you have two kids that are asking for you. They haven't seen you in a week, and you have a little girl who's expecting a birthday party on saturday so you better <laughs> <laughs> so you better, like, you know mama keep it real yeah so really like that's what got me back on my feet you know a mother's wise words but she was right i had to really dig deep down inside and tell myself that there was something to live for that i was gonna get past what i was feeling um and i get it in the sense of what you're describing because yeah. my mom had her episode and everything you said is everything that yeah. you know she experienced she ran so fast so desperately that she ended up in the hospital mm -hmm. she wasn't gone for a night she was gone four days she was in a wheelchair like it's no joke yeah you have to know the signs yeah you really do and you have to have somebody to to talk to about it and making sure people know that they can talk about it and open up about it and know that they're not crazy that they're not alone and that there is something worth yeah living for and looking forward to like you said even though you're not suicidal about it there's just something in you that feels like there's no there's no yeah. there's no getting out of it yeah so I said all that to come back to this, that at the end of going through that experience, I told myself, and I would pray. Oh, self-proclaimed. You know? Yeah, I mean, I would pray a lot. And 
I would ask God to just take it from me because it was just so much, you know. And um, God just told me, like, you're healed. And I accepted it. And I told myself from the moment he spoke that over me, I just told myself, like, if God says I'm healed, then I'm healed. Mm -hmm. I don't care that I feel this way still. Like, I'm going to fight. Like, I'm going to fight to feel healed. So, um, you know, I started speaking life into myself. I, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would see this is after Brian passed away. And after I had that episode, I would just see this girl who had no color in her face (laughs) who had bags under her eyes I was just sad depressed grieving (laughs) everything you could think of I was feeling it and I just didn't feel like myself anymore but I would look at myself in the mirror and I would just say you don't have anxiety you are not depressed this is not who you are This is not who you're going to be. You're not going to live your whole life being sad. I would tell myself, you're still alive. You have your kids. You have your family. Like, I would literally go through this, like, list of the good in my life. Yeah, of the good things in my life. And, um, yeah I would tell myself like this is temporary like this isn't gonna stay like this forever like you're gonna smile again um and I would do all of this like crying you know and I would do it like day and night just like whenever I would look at myself in the mirror like every time I went to the restroom I would like stop and stare at myself and whenever I would start to want to feel sorry for myself or like I would just like again start all over again and say like this is not you you're gonna get better you're beautiful like I would just say all these things to myself and it helped you know like it really did it 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 makes a difference it's it's a pick-me-up yeah and so that those were things I made myself do and then um there were days when I didn't want to get out of bed and my mom would come and get me and she said wake up you gotta get out of bed you can't stay in bed you gotta get those kids to school so my mom was such a big help because i i'm sure she didn't understand what i was going through but she didn't want to see me there in that place like as her daughter you know she didn't want to see me in that sunken sunken place so she would come and wake me up and that's one thing i would say to somebody who's maybe struggles with anxiety or depression and you know you're laying in bed and like going to sleep just thinking like you don't want to wake up the next day you know just get up and just do it do it for yourself because it is going to get better and um I would wake up and I had literally no desire to do anything but I would get up and I would like I said give myself my pep talk in the mirror and then also I remember the kids told would tell me mommy you look terrible you kids are so blunt but you know like it was probably a blessing in disguise if they wouldn't tell me that because they're used to seeing mom happy and joyful and cheerful and full of life you know like and this is what I'm telling you like 
this wasn't me. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell myself over and over and over again that the girl that I saw and that this season that I was in and this anxiety was not me. Because like we've said about other things, we take things on as our identity. When people tell you you're bitter, oh, I'm just a bitter person. When people tell you, when I've been diagnosed with anxiety, I started saying, oh yeah, I suffer from anxiety and depression. But no, no. You can rise above it. Yeah. I started telling myself, this is not you. This is not who you're going to be. I'm not going to raise my hand and be like, I'm that person who has anxiety. No, I'm going to be the person who got through it, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so, yeah, I would tell myself, you know, get dressed. Um, oh, yeah, I was saying my kids <laughs> would tell me, like, mom, you look terrible. And so whenever they would tell me that stuff, that started motivating me to um, get dressed because all I would do was wear, okay, I'm going to be honest here, real, real, because (laughs) depression, anxiety takes different forms. I wasn't showering. I wasn't changing my clothes. Like, that's how bad it was some days. And the kids would notice and they'd be like, mom, like, aren't you going to change your clothes? (laughs) And so that was a help, too, because I started, you know, getting myself ready um, in the morning. That was another thing that I started doing to, like, kind of help me get out of that. Um, Sometimes I would do my makeup, you know, just um, little by little, like little things. Because they say if you you look good, you feel good. Mm -hmm. And it's true. It's true. No matter what you're feeling. Um, Like I said, I didn't want to get out of bed. I was still feeling depressed. I still had little panic attacks. Uh, I still felt sick to my stomach every day because I actually would throw up every day for like four months after my husband passed away. I would be sick every single day just at the thought of him being gone. Being gone. (laughs) Literally would cry and throw up every day. (laughs) I like lost my train of thought. It's all good, but something you said reminded me of what I posted before I left my house here. Mm -hmm. And we shared something that said the only way out is through. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just have to go through it. We have to ride the wave and we have to take that season for whatever it is. It's not failure, but it's a lesson. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to be able to further understand people who have gone through or are going through what you're going through and it's all about perspective and if if you take it for that and you work through it then you're you're gonna be able to be at that point to where you're like I'm not defined by it I'm going to overcome and I'm going to continue forward and I think you're you're doing a good job at it yeah I'm just glad that it turned it could have been something that I accepted as my identity and it went from that because like I said it wasn't just something that happened when Brian passed away like it was something that progressed over the years but I could have easily carried it on till this day um but I'm glad to say be able to say that I call it a season Mm -hmm. I call it a season in my life and it could be that for anybody too who chooses to just put an end to it because it's mind over matter, you know, and I know it's not easy. Like I said, I went through it and, and it still creeps up. Yeah, and it still does. And 
it doesn't discount what we go through it just it just challenges you to 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 be strong enough to want to fight it and want to say like I don't want to live with this for the rest of my life and I don't want this to define me because it is crippling Mm -hmm. it is crippling and you isolate you don't want to be around people and it's just this thing that like swallows you up and literally could swallow you up but there is a light at the end of the tunnel there is just take it from me I know that it's not easy but it is possible I know your faith played a big part in that most yeah. definitely but the way I see it is just to me it's honor because I don't know how I can get through something like that yeah I know yeah God would get me through it but thinking about processing anxiety or just being in those shoes depression suicide whatever maybe yeah. like for people to be able to get through it and to positively influence others about being able to do the same like kudos to you like my cousin has recently gotten diagnosed and sometimes to people it's like a sign of relief like I'm not crazy and it's just important to know like hey it is there and there is a diagnosis yeah but it doesn't stop at the diagnosis you can choose how you live it out how you work through it and what the end game is it's not just like I have anxiety and that's it yeah like you can continue forward and be more and yeah and just really advocate for others and out of all that I can say with confidence what you've spoken and what you've shared is a reason why we're here today is a reason why heart on the mic was birthed is because felt like there was something missing or something more that we could be doing to to be an outlet so yeah for sure I know. And like like I said, you know, to anybody who is going through anxiety, it's not to say that you shouldn't be on medication because mm-hmm. it's severe for different people. Like I said, um, people will handle it different ways, but it is something that you could overcome. And honestly, I do think it's a choice where you get to that point where you think like, like I said, like, is this really going to be my whole life? Like, do I really want to be like this forever? Just feel this this feeling of, like, helplessness. Like, there has to be mm-hmm. some way out. And I think that's, like, whenever the light turns on for somebody. And I hope that hearing me does that for somebody who maybe has been suffering with anxiety for a long, long time. And you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you're like, is this it? Am I just going to medicate my whole life? Am I just going to call it depression and anxiety and just move on with my life or does it get better I would say yes it can get better but it's a choice and it's not an easy choice but like I said you have to fight for it I had to fight for it I'm not at any point saying that it was easy Mm because it was hard Uh -uh. it was hard it's it's a battle it's an internal battle but you know you really have to love yourself a lot through it too Right on your mirror, yeah. even if you feel like you don't want to talk to yourself and tell yourself you're beautiful, right on your mirror, something positive. If you have a planner you carry around um, and you see an uplifting, yeah. uplifting quote, write it on a future page that you may need that reminder later. Yeah. Um, schedule something on your phone to pop up. Like I do that when I'm in a season and I know I'm in a season, I will put 
a specific notice. Yeah. Like, if you need those reminders for yourself, do it. Yeah. It's all that you need. Yeah. Do what you need for yourself. Yeah. And one last thing I want to say is open up about it. Mm-hmm. Because the more you talk about it, the more... Um, Afraid you feel. The more free you feel, but it also lets people in. Because when you're having when you have anxiety, sometimes like I said, you isolate, isolate, you shut people out. And when I was going through it, another symptom that I actually had just really quickly was I I I didn't know and I didn't do it on purpose, but I developed symptoms of anorexia. So I became anorexic. I was just not eating. And I started losing hair and my skin was becoming dry. And like I I started like looking it up. And sure enough, I was going through anorexia. But I opened up as soon as I knew that I was going through that. I opened up about it and I Mm -hmm. told my sisters. And I think I even told told you. And I said, keep me accountable. Like, please, like I'm letting you know because I, I need to get through this. So I would say if you have anybody that you trust in your life that you're super close with, and you are going through something, open up about it because they'll keep you accountable and mm-hmm. as much as you don't want to and as much as you might hate it sometimes because you might feel like, okay, leave me alone. But this bubble. person is going to care for you and stay on top of you and not in a mean way, but in a loving way. Mm-hmm. And that helped me get through it. Yeah, open up to the right person. Yeah, to the you right person. You don't want to open up to someone that you know is going to be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, or someone putting you down, like... Someone who's going to uplift you and encourage you through. And if you truly, deep down in your heart, feel like you don't have that person, like, we're here. Yeah. Honestly. If you... I'm here. Want to send an email, direct it to Nadia. DM, or myself. Whatever. No DM for her right now. Oh, she's yeah. off of Instagram. I'm deactivating. I'm 21 <laughs> <literally>, day fast. <laughs> send an email... Ask for a number, and we'll make sure to get it to you. We don't say it to just say it. Like, we really truly do care about not only our listeners, but just people who are willing to open up about it and need somebody. Like, we're here for that. Yeah. And I say that knowing that you feel the same. Yeah, for sure. That's everything. Do you have any other closing remarks? No, I think that's it. Okay. I didn't think it was going to be so emotional, but wow, like, I'm just... You have me crying here with you, so... I know. It's just crazy. Like, it's crazy to me to think that I went through all of that, and, you know, I just celebrated Brian's two-year anniversary, and... It it makes me proud, but it gives me a heavy heart at the same time, because I know that I'm not the only one who's lost somebody, and... I know that everybody's grief is different, but I just, like, look back and I'm like, there's people who lose somebody five, ten years later and they're still not doing okay. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, wow, like, I'm not doing my greatest, but I'm just so thankful that I am where I am. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this would be possible without God, (laughs) honestly, but... um, yeah it's just nice to be able to talk about it and tears in my eyes and feeling all that pain all over again but just where I am right now is just such a good place and I'm just thankful that I got through it yeah kicking butt dude that's it (laughs) well thank you for opening up our goal 
Um, we have been transparent and honest with yeah. everybody about what we talk about, um, but our goal is to get a little more real um, or raw yeah. about what we talk about. So I hope you guys felt that in episode eight. Um, we don't say these things to make anybody feel bad or depressed or sad, mm-hmm. but we speak about it because they're true True stories. True stories. They're <laughs> things that people go through, and but it's real. So we just want to bring that to the table and make sure that people know there's someone that can relate in one form or another. Uh, so with all that being said, we hope, I hope, you're yeah. able to know a little bit more about Nadia in this episode, <laughs> since that was the goal. Yeah. Um, next episode, you will be hearing Nadia interview yeah. me, so I have no <laughs> idea what we're going to be talking about. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I just gave her the topic of anxiety, so that's all she had. None of this was lined out or anything, yeah, so no. if you could hit me with the topic, I'll appreciate that, but if not, I'll understand. <laughs> Um, if you haven't already subscribed, you can listen to us on different platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google um, Podcasts, and of course, Anchor with other links in there. We also have the link on our Instagram. Just like to put that out there because believe it or not, people will tell us they didn't know that yeah. they can listen to us on their preferred platform so before we close though one last thing we are celebrating something today yeah we are a thousand listens yeah not per episode but just all together not a thousand listeners (laughs) a A thousand thousand listens but how exciting big deal do not forsake the day of small beginnings literally we hit that today and these little things are things that we celebrate So with that being said, too, we hope to do a small giveaway soon. So please participate. Yes, yes. And we would love to get some cool stuff out to people. We're hoping to even have heart on the mic stickers or something so you can represent your favorite podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Our biggest fans. (laughs) Yep. So we will see you in two weeks. And that's a wrap, guys. Bye. Bye.